our leadership training, our impartation of tonight is going to be, um, we're going to be talking about insecurity and paranoia on tonight. Amen. We're going to talk about insecurity and paranoia. Amen. As leaders and how they present themselves. Amen. And, and um, how we need to be able to deal with it. I already know this is going to be a two-part at the very least. Because there's no way that I'll be able to get everything in that I need to get in on this on tonight. Amen. And so there's things that we need to be able to look at, you know, and as I was saying, being able to turn over every stone uh, and be able to um, really just deal with this and, and do it justice. And so I have so much stuff that I've been studying, amen, that I want to be able to share. And so we're going to start first with the Word of God. So let's get our Bibles. Amen. And we are going to go. Let's go to 1 Samuel. Amen. We're going to 1 Samuel chapter 18. We're going to start there. And then I need you to also get Proverbs 3 and verse 26. So we're going to start with those two verses. Amen. So I'm going to start in verse 1, and I'm just going to read, and then we'll just, you know. All right, so verse 1 says, When David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan and David became bound together in close friendship. Jonathan loved David as much as he did his own life. Saul retained David on that day and did not allow him to return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David, for he loved him. And this is from the Net Bible, so the New English Translation. Jonathan had made a covenant with David, for he loved him as much as he loved his own life. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with the rest of his gear, including his sword, his bow, and even his belt. At, on every mission on which Saul sent him, David achieved success. I need you to underline that in your Bible. On every mission that Saul sent him, David achieved success. So Saul appointed him, or however it says in your translation that you're reading. So Saul appointed him over the men of war. This pleased not only all the army, but also Saul's servants. When the men arrived when the men arrived after David returned from striking down the Philistine the women from all the cities of Israel came out singing and dancing to meet King Saul they were happy as they played their tambourines and three-string instruments the women who were playing the music sang Saul has struck down his thousands but David his ten thousands this made Saul very angry underline that this statement displeased him and he thought they have attributed to David tens of thousands, but to me, they have attributed only thousands. What does he lack except the kingdom? So Saul was keeping an eye on David from that day onward. And so when we look at this, we see that uh, we already know, we know the story of Saul, that Saul was the people's choice. It was not God's choice. It was because the people had desired a king over them. And they said, give us a king like the other nations. And so the people... Uh, desired him and so amen the prophet went and anointed him and even the way he was anointed was different than the way that David was anointed that's a whole nother ball of wax and we're not going to talk about that but uh, so David knew I mean Saul knew that he was really there because the people wanted him to be there not so much that God had really put him in position you know and this is one of those things where God allowed the people to have what they want and sometimes we ask for things and God will really give us what we want even if it's you know what I'm saying not good for us and so 
Saul being who he was, you know, and when you look at his, his description and you read some of the previous chapters and you see Saul was a good looking man, you know, he, he, he wasn't, it was nothing that he really had to be intimidated about, you know, and the people did love him, you know, but Saul was dealing with so much in himself that it spilled over into his leadership, okay, and this is the thing that we have to understand, and you don't really... You don't really see your issues until you get, you know, some things you're not going to see until you get in a position and the light comes on. You know what I'm saying? There's some things, and, and for us, especially us in, in African-American church, hallelujah, you know, we don't always like to deal with our stuff. We like to glaze it over. We want to shout over it. We want to speak in tongues over it. You know what I'm saying? We want to prophesy over it. You know what I'm saying? I'll plug that phone, please. Hallelujah. Amen. Take the black pillow out if it's not out. Amen. And so here we have Saul. And first of all, first of all, Saul... Is, is trying to figure out, first of all, why is his son, you know what I'm saying, getting all close up to, to David. So that's one thing he's watching. The other thing he's watching is the fact that the people began to sing the praises of David. And they said, Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And this made Saul angry. And so, you know, what I want to be able to address about this is that you have to be secure in your position that God has placed you in. You know what I'm saying? You got to understand that when God puts you in position, you're not in competition with anybody. You know what I'm saying? You're not in competition with anyone. You are there because you are there because God has placed you there. He has equipped you. He has allowed you, you know what I'm saying, to be able to get in that position. And he's given you what you need for whatever it is that you have to do. But when you begin to compare yourself by other people, that's when we start running into problems. Okay? So let me give you, I'm going to take a little sidebar from that and track away from that and, and give you a, a definition, a couple of definitions about what insecurity is. Insecurity is uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. Now, let me preface everything else that I'm getting ready to say with this one thing, and that is every last one of us has insecurities. Amen? Hello? It's Wednesday, wake up, hallelujah, everybody has insecurities, you got insecurities, I got insecurities, everybody has insecurities, but when you don't deal with them, when you don't address whatever your issues are, and you allow that to be, you know what I'm saying, that becomes your marker, that becomes, when we see you, we already know, we can't deal with that, because, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and so, it becomes a problem, and, and, Insecure, insecure people who have not dealt with their insecurities and, and are oblivious to where they really are, what happens is we begin to act out in certain behaviors, and we don't realize that we're acting out. We can celebrate with some, but we can't celebrate with all. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to push, you know what I'm saying, what Nevaeh does, but when KJ does something, I'm not going to celebrate what KJ does because, you know what I'm saying, I really don't like KJ. And I'm really, I'm really insecure about how I feel about KJ because KJ is gifted. Come on, amen. So, you know, something about KJ's gift outshines me. So I get like Saul, and then what I begin to do is I get mad and don't tell nobody I'm mad, but in my heart I'm mad because KJ did really, really good at what he did. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to rejoice until it's LeVay's turn to get the mic. That's insecurity. It's ugly. It causes competition. Mm 
Okay? And so what happens is we end up fighting each other without really doing it on the front. We do it underhandedly. We do it covertly. You know what I'm saying? Because we got these issues that we're dealing with and we don't realize that we're setting ourselves for God to cut us off. Amen. Amen. That's the setup for God to cut you off. Now let's go back to the definition. Okay. Emotional insecurity are feelings of general unease or nervousness that may be triggered by your perceiving of yourself to be vulnerable or inferior in some way or in a sense to someone else. So it makes you unstable. It makes you, you know, because you feel like you're vulnerable. You feel like uh, you're intimidated by somebody else, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and we don't say out loud that we're intimidated. It's our behavior that tells on us. Come on. We can't celebrate. And that's, that's the hardest thing for us to be able to do is to overcome our paranoia. Because when you are insecure about who you are and who God says you are, we become paranoid. We think people talk about us when they ain't talking about us. We, 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 we begin to think that everybody's out to get us. We're looking for the ground to drop out. You know what I'm saying? And then rejection plays a part into that as well. And we start behaving in ways that God is not pleased with because of our insecurity. Okay? So verse 8 says, this made Saul very angry. The statement displeased him and he thought they have attributed to David tens of thousands, but to me they have attributed only thousands. What does he lack except the kingdom? So Saul was keeping an eye on David from that day on. So in his mind, instead of understanding that this man's heart is here to serve with you and to honor you, you're thinking that he's doing something else. And so instead of rejoicing over, over somebody who is, is serving under you, and you understand that, okay, this means that I did my job right. Come on, amen. This means that he, he got the he got the gist of what he's supposed to do. So ultimately, him looking good makes me look good. He missed that entire point. And instead, he's like, oh, all he need now is to be king. Come on, amen. All he need now is to be in charge. You know what I'm saying? And so he said from that day forward, he kept his eye on David. He watched everything David did. And I'm going to tell you how ruthless Saul was. And if you have not read the story to see it for yourself, you'll see, amen, that Saul was so ruthless that he didn't even care about his daughters and their hearts. He gave Michal to David. And then because he, because he wanted to, he took him back. He took Mikhail back, took her back, and gave her to another man. It's just interference. We're going to keep going. He took her back and gave her to another man after he had promised her to David. And give, he didn't care. When you are insecure, you're ruthless. You don't care about nobody's feelings. It's about what you can do. How is this going to press and, and push forward your agenda? You know what I'm saying? And so that paranoia, not being able to trust anybody, not being able to believe 
Anything that anybody says, and when you get in circles with people, you know what I'm saying, you can't learn to trust them. You don't get to know them. You're always looking for the negative and always pointing out the negative and always trying to make yourself look better than them because you're paranoid and insecure. That's bad business. Come on, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to understand that we have to deal with this spirit. We got to deal with this. Okay? Saul was so engrossed in his insecurity and in his, in his paranoia that even down to the end of his life, he couldn't even go to God and say, I repent. Which tells us pride is in operation with the spirit of insecurity. Yeah. Come on, amen. amen. Because it's, it's a little bit of what the psychologists call narcissism. You know what I'm saying? Well, you always got to be on top. You can't put nobody else on top. You're not trying to further nobody else. You know what I'm saying? You're really just trying to further you and further your own agenda and trying to see how you get your name out there. You're not trying to further nobody else. You're not pushing nobody else. And so we as leaders, if we're going to be good leaders, we have to be able to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Be able to learn how to uh, rejoice with our brethren when God promotes them. Okay? Learn how to, amen, open up things so that God can have his way and somebody else is like, you don't always have to get the glory for it. Come on. And we need to learn how to, amen, even be honest with God and say, you know what, Lord? I'm a little intimidated by Brother Joe. And you know, I didn't know that I was, but I felt something when Brother Joe got up and he started preaching. And even though I was saying amen, inside I was feeling something. Come on here. See, this is the stuff that's up close and personal. This is personal stuff. This is stuff that even if nobody else going to pick it up, you know what's in here. You know what you're dealing with. And you got to be honest with yourself and you got to be honest with God because this is what's going to happen. When you have to lead over people, when you have to be able to, you know what I'm saying, be over auxiliaries and be over groups of people, you know what I'm saying, if you don't know how to push others and because, you know, you're paranoid about somebody getting ahead of you, if you don't know how to celebrate other people and not just tolerate them, Come on, amen. amen. The problem that's going to that's going to happen is is that you're going to always try to cut somebody down and keep them from getting ahead of you. Because you don't understand, you already the king. Saul didn't understand. He was already the king. He was the position was his. Who was sitting on the throne? David wasn't sitting on the throne. Saul was sitting on the throne. But Saul was so insecure, so paranoid, so schizophrenic, come on, amen, that he could not see that when he went home at night, David was, you know, he had a room in the palace because you didn't let him go home because you had to watch everything he did. Come on, amen. Child, you put yourself out trying to watch everything everybody did. Ain't nobody got time for that. But when the daytime came, when it came time to judge matters and judge the people, Saul was the one sitting on the throne. Come on. How do you miss that? <laughs> How do you miss it that God has put you in How do you miss that? How do you miss that, you know what I'm saying, that the Lord has given you, amen, a victory over whatever your circumstances are? Mm -hmm. 
How you miss that? How you fighting for a position that you already in? I say that again. How are you fighting for a position that you're already in? That don't make sense. Do that make sense to you? No. It makes absolutely no sense for us to do that. And so Saul also dealt with the spirit of rejection. And so because he was dealing with the spirit of rejection, he began to lust after the applause of men. And he did not know how to walk in obedience. I think this is why we have to deal with the spirit because if you don't, you're going to miss out with God. You're going to find yourself in position. You're going to see God use you, but you're not going to get far because of the simple fact that those things that are inside that you don't deal with, they're going to be trouble spots, and it's going to be your downfall. It will be your downfall. How does Saul miss out with God? Because he, and he blamed the people. Okay? When the prophet came to him after he finished fighting, he said, what's all this bleeding the sheep out here? You were supposed to kill Amalek. Why do we, why do we hear all these sheep? Where you get those from? God told you to kill everything. But you didn't. Because you were afraid. And I'm going to tell you something. That insecurity will keep you from walking in obedience. It will make you a people pleaser and prevent you from being a God pleaser. Come on, amen. amen. And the first people that you want to please is you. Mm. Come on, amen. And then after that, the applause of everybody else. Look at all of this stuff that we got from the king. We took that country. We slaughtered all of them people. But we kept all the good stuff for ourselves. But that's not what God said do. Those were not the instructions. And so when we have these issues with us, we can't follow God's instructions. Amen? Amen. And so then you become abusive as a leader. What did, what did David do his entire time? He served Saul. He ran from him because Saul tried to kill him every step of the way. That is a symbol of what happens with insecure leaders. You will try to kill those that are with you instead of lifting them up, instead of helping them to get to where God has called them to go if you don't deal with your insecurity. Come on. So you become a killer. Because you can't be trusted with what God has given you. Let's look at what I was talking about here. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 11 and 12. Well, this right here, this, this, this verse of scripture is Saul getting too big for his britches. This is before this happens. So here's Saul at Michmash, okay? And let me read this to you. Verse, verse, verse Samuel chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, okay? Saul is going forth. He's going over here to perform offerings. He don't have no right doing that because he's not the prophet and he's showing up at the priest. Come on, amen. So he's out of his lane doing something he don't have anything, any business doing. Okay? So he's waiting for Samuel. Samuel was supposed to show up. Seven days go by. Samuel doesn't show up. And because he doesn't show up, he takes matters into his own hands. So let's read First Samuel chapter 13, verses 11 and 12. And Samuel said, 
what have you done? Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me, and that you didn't come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, the Philistines will come down on me at Gilgal, and I will not have made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. Liar. Mm this is this is what happens it, 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 this spirit makes people uh, what's the word I want to use um, presumptive you become presumptuous and you start doing stuff you have no business doing come on because because you feel like well, well look apostle ain't show up so I'm going to do this myself you know what I'm saying? Or whoever is supposed to be here, they in charge. Well, they wasn't in charge. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. So I'm gonna take matters into my own hand. I'm gonna make an executive decision, and I'll just deal with it later. You know, my mother used to have this saying. She said, "Who died and left you, boss?" <laughs> She's asked that all the time when us kids would get out of hand. Who died and left you, boss? Amen. You have to, you have to be able to understand what your position is. I don't know what all that means. Some kind of interest. You have to understand what your position is. You got to roll in your role and function in your function. This and, and, and if we get to the root of why we always do what somebody else is supposed to be doing, it's because we are insecure. Why is it that if I give something to Nevaeh, KJ trying to do it? That ain't, that's out of order. KJ is not supposed to be doing what Nevaeh is supposed to be doing. Come on. And, and really, I don't believe... You know what I'm saying? I don't believe in somebody's skills. If I'm going to go take it from her, because you didn't show up at the time prescribed. Come on. This is how we have to make room for each other. Understand what I'm saying? You got, we got to be able to make room. When you... Now, I'm not talking about people dropping the ball. That's something altogether different. But when... You have a, a group of people that's working together. We should be able to work together. When I go, if I go and I go on a job, I'm not trying to go do what my boss's job is. That's not my pay grade. Right? Are you going to go into your boss's office and tell your boss what he's supposed to be doing? Absolutely not. Because we don't want to get fired. But we come to church and we do that. Hello? Yeah, we do. We come to church and we do that in church. Because we are like Saul. That's that, that's that spirit of Saul. So let's go over a couple of things before we run out of time. I want to go over a couple of traits of insecure leaders. Okay. All right. So... When you have people that are not comfortable with their own abilities, you know, or constantly comparing themselves by other people, or they don't feel like they are adequate to be able to do what needs to be done, or, you know what I'm saying, they think that somebody else's light is shining brighter than theirs, like Saul thought about David, you know what I'm saying, these are things that we begin to see. Number one, they become defensive toward any challenge. An insecure leader flares his or her insecurity when ideas or decisions may challenge them in any way. They're protective of their performance. 
They are protective of what they are doing. You know what I'm saying? They're protective of their position. They try to go on guard to watch for their spot. Because now they're challenged. So are you challenging me? You know what I'm saying? So I can do better. But if I'm insecure, I don't see that challenge as a call to do better. I see this as criticism. Mm -hmm. Come on. Amen. And so that means the flip side is we can't take correction because of insecurity. Because we're always thinking that somebody's meaning us ill. And that underlying spirit is the spirit of rejection. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. So they also limit others' opportunities for advancement. The insecure leader wants to keep people under his or her control so as to protect their position. I mean, the king is the king. Who can take the king's place without God putting them in position? What was wrong with Saul? He was, he, well, we already knew he had evil spirit that was coming on him from time to time. He was really out of his mind. And I remember, you know, I remember, you know, some people talk about how, and, I, and I've heard people say it's really just ridiculous, you know, how some people will come to a church and they would look at the pastor and they'd be like, God told me that that's really my husband and the, the woman he married to, that's not really his wife. I'm the one he's supposed to be married to. Come on. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. Well, Smokey, they already married. Come on. You can't you can't push them out. You can't push her out of place. That's right. They already married. Only a fool would try to do some nonsense like that. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm on top schedule. And we do questions at the end. Amen. All right. So that insecure leader, you know what I'm saying, is not going to push other people for opportunity. We're not going to give you no space to do nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I just want you to sit here and be quiet. Wow. Just shush you. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want you to get up and do, don't even get up and do testimony. <laughs> Come on. An insecure leader will see that there's an opportunity for, for someone in their midst to advance and they will keep them from advancing because of fear of them outdoing them. When the thing that is so backwards about this is that we teach this about sonship and daughters, you know what I'm saying? You are supposed to be able to do greater works than your father or your mother. And anybody that does not want you to do better, anybody that that is that comes in under you, under any auxiliary or whatever, if you don't want them to do better than you, then you're not ready to leave. Amen. Come on, say amen. 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 Now that's a hard thing to say because we got people that are in position and they don't understand that it's about advancing others. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Amen. All right. Okay. Insecure leaders refuse to handle delicate issues. They do not like to be the bad guy. So for fear of not being like, they ignore the situations that have to be dealt with. They make excuses for why they let things linger. Okay? And it could be something detrimental to the, to the team, to the group. But because that person is insecure, they will not handle it. Okay? I just want to check my time. Hallelujah. Okay? Also, they make everything a joke. 
A huge sign of an insecure leader is that they make a joke about everything. Joking is a coping mechanism used to bring attention and a false sense of being liked to the insecure leader. So you think somebody laughed at your joke, that's, they, they like you because they laugh at your joke. No. You know what I'm saying? Another, another thing that goes along with this is talking too much. Mm-hmm. Not knowing when to shut up. Yeah. Can I say that like that? Mm-hmm. Jesus, Christmas and New Year's. Come on. That's a bad thing. Yeah. When we don't know when to muzzle ourselves, we have to learn how to be quiet. There's a time and a season for everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Everything. It's not always time for us to talk. Amen. When you can't get in alignment with protocol and you always doing something other when everybody else is doing something else, that's that's not just disobedience. You're trying to get attention when you don't need attention. That's insecurity. Everybody else is on their face crying out to God. And what are you doing? You on your phone. Okay, no, I won't talk about you sick. You just Amen. Okay. Insecure people always position himself or herself out front. Insecure leaders assume all of the key assignments or anything that will give attention to the person completing them should be them. It should be me. I should be there. They are careful, careful not to share the spotlight with anybody. I ain't giving you no light. I ain't even going to let half of a beam shine on you. <laughs> Insecurity. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And we got to get out of this false praise and, and, and false um, um congratulatory spirit that we try to show like I'm clapping for Sister Rita but I'm really not happy Amen I'm clapping for you but come on yeah. being partial that's insecurity when we are partial when we don't know how to be even across the board that the same praise that I'm going to give to Nevaeh I'm going to give to Sister Wallace, I'm going to give to Mr. Davis, I'm going to give to whoever. Whoever is doing the job, that's who's going to get the good. Hallelujah, let me give God praise for you. Amen. And when we don't know how to do that, it's a sign. We're telling on ourselves, I'm really intimidated by you. And we have to deal with that because, because what we're doing is we're sending signals to each other without realizing it. Right. We're sending signals to each other, you know what I'm saying, and we're not we're not really allowing our hearts to be knit together as one. How can we be a team when we don't trust each other? Because I'm thinking you're gonna outshine me. What kind of foolishness is that? That does not work. Amen. Amen. We we're not taking question now. Oh, amen. All right. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, they're also overly concerned about personal appearance. Insecure leaders are never far from a mirror. They're overly <laughs> conscious of their clothing. They're afraid that if they're not in style, that they're not going to be accepted. We got to find the latest fashion trends. We got to find what's hip, what's cool. 
You know what I'm saying? So we can fit in. And if I don't have it, then guess what? That ain't right. Because I believe God wants me to have the best. That's the excuse for you. Come on. That's the excuse we use. But in actuality, we are doing what the scripture says that we should not do. They that compare themselves or measure themselves by themselves are not wise. We are comparing ourselves to other people. And because of that, that is making us go after things. It's making us go after things. Amen. Okay. I know I was looking for something else. Oh, overly protective of personal information. The insecure leader keeps a safe distance from everybody that they are leading. Their transparency is limited to only what can be discovered by observation. They never unveil themselves. They never tell the truth about, listen, this is what my struggle was right here. Come on. Come on. Amen. Because I'm scared you're going to use how it gets me, so I'm not telling you that. Come on, amen. How can I help you if I don't tell you what I did? I mean, because really the reality is we, we know we have the word of God. We know that God's word is, is has power. It's quick and powerful. It's shown into his sword. But the reality is we want to hear who got over. We, we want to hear who went through. How'd you make it? Tell me what you prayed. Tell me what are the exact words that you said. Because I want to pray that prayer too. <laughs> but when you feel like you are vulnerable or you're inferior, you're not going to do that. Come on. And so we begin to behave ourselves like Saul. We begin to carry ourselves like Saul. We begin to do what he did. Amen. Constantly trying to kill David. Amen. Constantly. Because now I know who you are. Now I know what your capability is. And I'm not going to let you get there. Jesus. That's sad. That's sad. Amen. I want to read to you Proverbs chapter 3 verse 26. For the Lord is your security, and he will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Isn't that? That's, that's sweet and to the point. And, and, and he is our security, so we know that we are secure in him. Whatever it is that we may be dealing with, we have to be honest and go to God. And, and, and the reality is, is all of our insecurity is really just wrapped up in being overly self-conscious, overly preoccupied with your own flesh. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's inordinate consciousness about self. Okay? Anything that will cause us to get caught up in ourselves will definitely keep us from honoring God the way that we should. Anything. Because it's not going to allow me to do, even if I just go, I can go through the list for 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about love and insecurity hinders everything that is listed in that chapter. I'm not going to rejoice with you. Okay? I'm going to keep a record of your wrongs because I need to have one up over you. Come on. Insecurity. Not security. Insecurity. Amen. 
deal with that. You know, it's sad to look at how Saul behaved himself. You know, when we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 13, what we were reading about him taking it upon himself to go and do the offering. Okay, Saul was concerned that the people were scattered from him. He was concerned about having a following more than he was concerned about obeying God. Now, see, didn't I just say a few minutes ago, anything that, that, that you know what I'm saying, gets in your way like that is going to keep you from fully honoring God? So you can't honor God when you are on the throne. You can't do it. Because you're not going to follow his instructions. You're going to think about self-preservation first. Let me check my time. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's getting, he got antsy because, because Samuel didn't show up. You know, and you will see that his insecurity about what was going on with what God had for him and set him walking upright, in the end, his insecurity drove him to go and, and, and find out information from a witch. Which was illegal, which he which he himself had had already banned. Mm -hmm. Anybody caught talking to a witch or calling up the dead was going to be put to death. So he goes to the witch of Endor, and he goes and calls Samuel's spirit up, so he can inquire of him. You didn't want to inquire of the Lord when the man of God was walking around. Why are you trying to inquire of him now? He dead. Ain't that crazy? Insecurity. He he was afraid of losing influence, and his fear of losing influence caused him to act all ugly. There's no other way to put that. It caused him to behave in an ugly manner. Okay, so if I'm going to be able to, you know, get delivered from this, how do I get delivered from this? Let me see how much time we got so I can work through this. Hallelujah. Amen. We got a few minutes. All right. So if I'm going to work through this, number one, I need to avoid comparisons. I cannot take all day long sitting down comparing myself to somebody else. Amen. Well, I want to sing like Jay was saying. <laughs> I want to sing, you know, because I want to be able to hit all those words. Ooh, all that. So I want to be able to do all that. Well, that ain't what God gave you to do. You got to be happy with what he anointed you to do. Amen. And here's the thing about our insecurities. It causes us to make a fool out of ourselves. We become annoying to other people. Because our behavior, because our sense of who we are is out of control. We become annoying to other people because we have not brought that under the blood. Come on here. Come on, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So you got to avoid comparison. Insecurity develops when people compare themselves to somebody else. Don't try to be anybody else. God anointed you to be you. And the anointing on your life is not like the Buki, Sister Smokey, ain't like nobody else. It's like the anointing that God put on you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So he designed you to be yourself. You need to concentrate on your abilities, amen. not somebody else's. Come on, amen. amen. Don't look at what somebody else is able to do. Look at what God has given you, the, the gifts that he has given you. Amen? amen. 
if we're going to get delivered from that, then we need to be secure in what God has imparted into our life. Amen? Amen. All right. Something that we don't like to do sometimes, but learn how to keep learning. And don't be afraid to say that you don't know something. Come on. Amen. Don't be afraid to say you don't know. Don't just be, you know, driving all along and wrong. Okay, I'm going to say this. I love you. Oh, that was sweet. You know, she got a tendency to bust it all the time. We on the road. Haven't pulled out the directions yet. And she driving. Yeah. I said, do you know where you're going? No. Well, can you pull the car over until we get directions? Come on, amen. And I think about that all the time. Don't I? Amen. Amen. So we laugh about it all the time. Jepressa ain't kicking in on that one. We're in a different state altogether. We don't even know where we at. Amen. Amen. And, and sometimes, sometimes men are like that. They be driving around, don't, don't know where they are. Won't stop and ask for directions either. Come on, amen. We, we all think I really am. I'm getting there. Keep learning. Who's the neighbor say, keep learning? Keep learning. Amen. It's nothing wrong to, amen, to keep learning. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to hurry up. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 24 says, He who calls you is faithful, and he will also do what he said. Yeah. So you got to understand that you need to be yourself. Find your identity. Find who it is that God says you are. Amen. Work with what you got. So that you're not looking at somebody else and making a comparison based off of what they do. And then you need to learn how to surround yourself with people who know how to compliment your weaknesses. Amen. You know, something I say to y'all, and I'm still waiting, praise the Lord. I, try, I ain't got to be the sharpest pencil in the box. Bring me something that I don't know. Bring me something that I never heard of before. I, help me out. Amen. We need people around us that will compliment our weaknesses. That's what makes a good team. That's what makes a good team. Not that everybody knows the same thing. That's foolishness. Amen. That just means everybody knows the same thing. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that. I didn't need you to come help me with that. Bring something to the table that we don't have. Amen. Amen. This is what we're missing. This is what we need so that we can become what God wants us to be. All right? You know, Sometimes when we are dealing with insecurity, it's really in our emotions, you know what I'm saying, what we are feeling, and that's what gets out of control, how we are feeling, you know, and so I just want to give you just one disclaimer, just because you feel something, that does not mean that that's who you are or what you are. Come on, amen. When you get up in the morning, you may not feel safe. Does that mean that you're not saved? Because you don't feel saved, whatever that is. How do you feel saved? I don't know. I don't feel saved. Come on. Amen. So you got to understand 
What is that God's called you to do? Don't be caught up in your emotions. Deal with your emotions. Go to God. What is the purpose of us even talking about this tonight? So that you will go to God. Look at what you have written down. If you have taken any notes. And you need to go back and say, okay, God, here am I. This is where I am. And I need you to deal with me because I can't be a productive member of a team if I don't deal with this stuff. I can't help push my brother out here. I can't help push my sister out here if I am always trying to put the light on myself. Come on. Amen. Amen. And the reality is we cannot do true apostolic ministry without being delivered from that. Because apostolic ministry is about the team. It's not about one man. Amen. And so we have to be willing to deal with all this stuff that's in us, deal with how we feel about stuff, deal, you know, deal with, you know, okay, God, I wish I could do this better than I do, you know what I'm saying, and I don't do this the way I like to, so I need you to help me. Well, keep learning. Maybe you need to go have prayer a little bit longer. Go read some more. Go study. Let that person be inspiration to you. Amen. 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 And so we're going to have to continue this. Amen. On next Wednesday. This next one. Yes, next Wednesday. Praise the Lord. Because I promise 45 minutes. Amen. So y'all get home and get the kids ready for school. Be ready for work. Do what you got to do. Amen. And go home and have extra time to restudy this again. Look over this again. Go pull up the recording and hear it again. Come on, stand to your feet so we can pray. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 